how great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. Oh, we'll sing how great. How great is our God. How great is our God. Sing Is our God? Oh, 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 sing how great, how great is our God? You're the name above all names. Hey, you are. How great is our God, how great is our God, sing it with me, is our God, oh, how great is our God. Come on, let's say it together, church. If we believe he's a great God, how great is our God? Sing it with me. Sing with me how great is our God.
we come to tell you thank you for being a great God. There's none like you under the heaven nor the earth. And so, Father, we say thank you. We bless your name today because you're just great. You're great in all of our affairs, great in our lives. God, we extol you to the highest. And so, Father, we come now to hear your word. We ask that you would breathe on this moment like only you can. Give us receptive ears and receptive hearts to receive what your spirit has to say. And God, let us do it to the end that the sinner may be found and the slowful may be rededicated. It's in your name we do pray. We say amen. 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 If you're glad to be in the house of the Lord again, won't you say amen? Amen. Amen. To God our Father, Jesus our Savior, to the Holy Spirit who comes alongside to help and aid us in this thing we call life. It's just good to be in the house of the Lord one more time. Amen. I said it's good to be in the house of the Lord one more time. Amen. 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 I, I want to really raise the roof this morning. I want to thank God for our senior pastor. Come on. Can we give God praise? Let's raise the roof. Come on, come on, come on. Amen. Amen. We, amen. We love D.Z. Cofield. Amen. Pastor, Dr. D.Z. Cofield. We love him and thank him for his instruction. We thank him for his leadership, his love for all of us, his mind for ministry. And uh, y'all, I, I really think we got God's best sitting right there in that corner right there. I said, I think we got God's best sitting right there in that corner. Amen. 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 I have to do this because they work so hard this week. You probably can't see them, but if you're a part of True Youth uh, staff or team, just stand up, wave your hand. You all did such a wonderful job this week. Such a wonderful job. Amen. They tired. They tired. We know. And they, I didn't got by... 15 death threats from all of them. <laughs> Hurry up now. Hurry up now. Hurry up now. But thank you so much for all that you do. Uh, our children are made the better. Amen. Amen. Let's run to the word of God. Joshua chapter number 14. I want to commence at verse number 6. Joshua chapter number 14. Commence at verse number six. Here the word of the Lord says, the descendants of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and the Kenizzite said to him, you know what the Lord promised Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Barnea, Barnea about you and me. I was 40 years old when Moses, the Lord's servant, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to scout the land and I was brought I brought back a honest report my brothers who went with me caused the people's fear to melt in fear but I remained loyal to the Lord my God on that day Moses promised me that the land where you set foot will be an inheritance for you and your descendants forever because you remain loyal to the Lord my God as you see, the Lord has kept me alive these 45 years. 
as he has promised. Since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel was journeying in the wilderness. Here I am today, 85 years old. I am as strong today as I was the day Moses sent me out. My strength for battle and for daily tasks is as it was then. Now give me this mountain, this hill country that the Lord promised me on that day. I want to talk from the subject this morning, how to live now so that you won't have regrets later. How to live now so that you won't have regrets later. If my grandmother was here, she'd lean into that statement and say, if I knew then what I know now, I would do things differently. What is so important is that there is a fierce urgency of right now. Because just as we sit here today, later is on its way. And so we need to make certain that we do certain things to help the later that, it's, that is to come. And so that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about how to live now so that you won't have any regrets later. My brothers and my sisters, as we engage in this passage of scripture, we're divinely seated and positioned on the profound pages of what is known as biblical history literature as given from the book of Joshua. While Joshua does not exclusively and concretely give us a clear view of who we should ascribe credit to as the author of, of this book, we are nonetheless led, led by the penmanship and the lens of an anonymous author who is thought of to be Joshua. Uh, the Bible lets, lets us know that when we arrive at our text today, we are purposely positioned on the pages of a providential promise because Israel, the children of Israel, are now getting ready to enter into a land called Canaan. This is the land that flows with milk and honey. After several years in pursuit of this promised land, coupled with a 40-year wilderness experience, Israel is finally ready to possess that which God had promised some time ago. As this chapter opens up, God is making good on his promise. Joshua, in his old age, is their faithful leader, and he is tasked with the responsibility of distributing uh, the land to the inhabitants, just as God has told him to do so. Scripture tells us that while this is well underway, we are reintroduced to a man by the name of Caleb. Caleb is no stranger to this storyline because if we look at Israel's history, we would soon discover that Caleb served as a representative for the tribe of Judah, one of the 12 spies who were sent out by Israel's previous leader, Moses, to see the land called Canaan that God had promised to them. God from that day swore by an oath because he saw something different in Caleb. He saw that Caleb had a different spirit than all of the other ones. Not only that, but he followed God wholeheartedly. Caleb lets us know God saw that in him some 45 years ago prior to the date of this text. Now Caleb is 85 years old. 
And though the delay of the promise has been lengthy, God is coming to coming forth to make good on his promise. And so Caleb will serve as our object lesson today because Caleb shows us how to be a believer who has history with God, how to be a believer who has help from God, and how to be a believer who has hope in God. Caleb shows us in a nutshell how to live now so that we won't have to have regrets later. If, if we're going to do it, if we're going to do it, th there are three things I would suggest to you. First thing I want to tell you, if, if you're going to live now so that you won't have regrets later, number one, you must be brave enough to be the minority. You've got to be brave enough to be the minority. The Bible says that as Joshua is dividing up the land, for the inhabitants that Caleb approaches Joshua by way of inviting Joshua on a journey of remembrance. As I paraphrase, Caleb says to him, Joshua, you know what God said and what God promised to our leader Moses concerning you and me. It was some 45 years ago that 12 of us came to this very land and stayed 40 days, uh, two days shy of six weeks to spy, to survey, and to see just what God had in store for the Israelites. Caleb said to Joshua, while others chose to doubt God, Based off of the giants and opposition that they saw, I chose to trust God and believe in what God had said. While the other spies, spies chose to generate and communicate fear into the hearts of people, Joshua, you and I were the only ones that held on to faith. Caleb said to Joshua, we were the minority amidst being the majority and I chose to stand and quiet the people and contest doubt, disbelief and even despair as the people grumbled in fear, conspired to commit harm even by way of storming. Caleb said to Joshua, we were the minority and Caleb and Joshua show us that there are times in your life where you're going to have to be brave enough to be the minority. There are going to be times in your life where you're going to have to be courageous, fearless, and resolute enough to say that even though it's not conventional, commonly expressed, or widely accepted, sometimes you'll have to be the minority. It, 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 even while sometimes it may not be the trend, it may not acquiesce to the tempo of the day, be brave enough to be the minority. Even when your stance appears to be unpopular and unappealing to your peers, your partners, and your pals be brave enough to be the minority make the decision to take a solid stand and be firm and unwavering in where you stand realizing that if you don't stand for something you will ultimately fall for anything and you would inadvertently give yourself over to the devil to plant seeds and take advantage of what you believe in and what God wants to do in you and what God wants to do through you and so I urge you today uh, brothers and sisters that, that you need to get clear on get a clear footing on where you stand and hold your position realizing that you don't have to go along to get along because your aim and your premise is to please God your aim and your premise is to live for God your aim and your ultimate premise is to receive the 
promise from God. And so brothers and sisters, be the minority. Learn to strengthen your no to Satan while constantly sustaining and surrendering your yes to God. Knowing that God, he, he, he is faithful and he rewards faithfulness. In other words, brothers and sisters, uh, uh, the songwriter John P. Key would say it this way, stand for holiness, stand for righteousness and be counted above all men that shall reign with him. Stand when your friends are gone. Stand when you're all alone and believe he shall receive his own. I'm going to push it just a little bit further. Ephesians 6 and 10 says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand the wiles of the devil for we wrestle not against flesh and blood and against spiritual principalities and wickedness and rulers of this dark world uh, and spiritual wickedness in high places. He says so So, given this in mind go ahead and put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day having done all to stand. Matter of fact that's not all the Bible has to say about that. Psalms 34, 31 and 24 says be strong in the Lord and, in, and be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart all who hope in the Lord so be the minority trust God with your bravery trust God with your belief trust God with your boldness trust God with your brilliance realizing that when you are the minority you're not only trusting God you are honoring God honor God by respecting your parents and your elders honor God by doing the very best that you can in your schoolwork and extracurricular activities honor God by thinking and counting the cost of a situation before you make a decision that can ruin your life and disrupt the plan of God in your life. Honor God by surrounding people, pride yourself with people who love God and, and love him enough to love you enough to be it to hold you accountable even when you don't want to hear it. Honor God by confronting negativity, injustice, racial systematic inequality. Honor God by not allowing what you see in your life right now in your past or your present to limit your, vo your voice and your view of God what he wants to do in your future be the minority have a different spirit take a stand and honor God with your life for the better part of my life because of the call of God on my life called to preach I've been the minority not because I've wanted to, but because I've had to. Unlike most young adults, you, you, you can't, as a young preacher, I was a boy preacher, now I'm a young preacher, 18 years this month. And, amen. And so most of my life has been sheltered. Can't go there, can't go there, can't do this. It's not a normal young adult life. Most of your friends and colleagues, they often, wherever they are doing what they want to do, drinking mimosas. Uh, Hoot your daddy shorts on and all what have you, right? But that, 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 what, that has never been my reality. All I know is church. All, I, I'm, and I ain't halfway church. I'm in church. I'm, I'm, I'm in Christ. And so 
And so, so for the for the better part, that's been my story. And so when I when I went to college, Alabama State University, and uh, pledged the greatest fraternity known to man, Alpha Chi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hallelujah. Uh, while, while we were going through our pledge process, or whatever they call it now, uh, while we were going through that process, uh, the brothers notified us that they were going to have a party. And uh, we were to be there. Uh, for obvious reasons, we were going to do all the work and they were going to do all the partying. Uh, I was two weeks away from ordination. Um, so so I, I, it, my decision was clear. I wasn't going. I mean, at this point, I don't even know if I'm going to be an alpha for real. I mean, y'all dropping folks left and right, you know. And I mean, I would have went to the party with no ordination. I'm not doing that. And so I, I decided that I would, I would boycott that moment. And so the next time we met, the uh, dean said, asked, he said, who didn't go to the party the other night? And here I am in a predicament like, okay, lie not to lie, lie not to lie because... I know what's coming, right? And so, uh, and so I, I, I said, you know what? I'm going to stand up in it. I said, okay, I'm going to commit to it. He says, uh, what, what were you, where were you the other night? You were, oh, I was at work, Dean. Where were you the other night? I was da 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 da. Everybody had a valid reason. I said, where were you at night? I said, I was at home. <laughs> why, 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 why weren't you there? I said, well, Dean, I, I, got, I got ordination in two weeks. I worked all my life to get to this point. You know, uh, I said, it may not mean much to y'all, but it means everything to me. And so, um, and he looked at me and said, that's selfish. And, and so what he did was he made my other line brothers pay the consequence for my decision. And so he PT'd them and, and all that other stuff. And so every time they did something, they had to look me in my face and say, thank you, Cam. Thank you, Cam. Thank you, Cam. I mean, it got slower and more intense every time. Push up. Thank you, Cam. Thank you. Know, and, so, and, so, so, and so they call it Cool Cam Night. Cool Cam Night because he's so cool he can't go to clubs. And so that night, I, I said, well, I said, so, well Dean, well, let me jump in. You know, he, would, he said, no, do what you did last night. Sit down. Give him a bag of chips and popcorn. He said, he said, a drink. He looks like a ginger ale man. I said, I am. <laughs> I believe it cure everything. <laughs> and, so, and so I'm sitting there and my brothers are looking me in my face. Thank you, Cam. Thank you. Until I felt bad about that for a while until one of my line brothers called me the other day and, and said to me, said, Cam, cool Cam night wasn't cool but for nobody. It was just it wasn't cool for nobody. But we saw the consequence that night. But what I didn't see was there was a concept to that. He said, we got a, con a consequence and a concept. He said, but the consequence didn't last. The concept did. He said, Cam, I got to make some decisions now. He said, and I've got to be the one who's going to stand on the left wing of this decision all by myself. I got to be the minority. And he said, and I thought back and I said, thank you, Cam. He said, thank you, Cam, means a lot different today because you chose to, to not go to the party. You chose to stand on the left wing. And he said, and so today, thank you, Cam has a whole different meaning. Be the minority 
even when there are consequences attached to it. We see that example all through scripture. I, I press forward. Uh, so, so, so you got you to gotta be brave enough to be the minority. Secondly, you've got to follow God and trust God enough to follow God wholeheartedly. As Caleb continues in conversation with Joshua, he tells them that while others have identified as the majority chose to doubt God, I chose the road less traveled by and I chose to remain loyal to God. The text says that Caleb made the decision to follow God wholeheartedly. This is significant because Caleb not only gave God his hand, God, Caleb gave God his heart. And he trusted him to lead him into the promises despite the verbal, visual, and felt opposition. The Bible is clear that the secret to Caleb's success was that he wholly, fully, totally, completely, and entirely followed God. Matter of fact, we see that some six times throughout the scriptures that Caleb followed the Lord wholly. W-H-O-L-L-Y. He, he, he followed him Holy, that word in the Hebrew means all heart. He followed God with all of his heart. It gives the idea of somebody who has been consecrated. Uh, and, and, and so if that's the reality, since that's the reality of Caleb, it's safe for us to say that Caleb presented his whole self to God. By following after him with a settled faith, an uncluttered, uncompromised trust in God, an undivided heart. Caleb was devoted and fully committed from day one. Caleb's faith in God shows us that he believed God and for this reason he was consecrated to God. And oh, my brothers and sisters, that's what faith looks like. That's what faith sounds like. That's what faith is, realizing that God requires us to follow him with all of our heart, trusting him the, the entire way. Brothers and sisters, that, that's what faith is because God requires us to follow him without reservation and without hesitation because God wants true devotion. I'll say it again. God wants true devotion. That means you've got to be sold out and all in. God, 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 God wants true devotion. If you're going to follow God, you can't straddle the fence because God desires to lead you. He wants to lead you in all difficulties. He wants to lead you in all seasons. He wants to lead you in all of your problems. He wants to lead you in all of your pilgrimages. He wants to lead you and the problem is we've got part time partial borderline Christians who follow God when it's convenient but brothers and sisters God does not want us to have weekend visitation God wants full custody and some of us need to repent this day because we treat God like a child support case we treat God like he's only good for weekends when the Lord wakes us up every morning let, let, me, let me get off of that let me let me get off of that. He, he, some of us treat God like he, he's only good for weekend visitation. God wants all. He wants all of you your affairs. God wants to be included in your decision making. God wants to be included in who you date and how you choose to date them. God wants to be included in how, how you raise your children or how, or how or, and, and, and the decisions you make for your household. We can't give God weekend clearance. When you follow God wholeheartedly, 
you, you give God all you have. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but see, we can't give God a whole heart, a wholehearted follow if we're always reducing our commitment to only Sunday mornings, Wednesday night, and being a borderline CME who only goes to church Christmas, Mother's Day, and Easter. True devotion goes the distance with God. True devotion goes the distance with God. Meaning that you're looking for a reason to, you're looking for a reason, or you're always in search to give God a greater commitment, a greater faith, a greater praise, a greater, a, a, a greater disciple. It, it goes the distance with God, even when it's unconventional, even when it seems like it's not getting you where you want to be. The, the true devotion to God doesn't look at whatever you're looking at. It always looks at God and all brothers and sisters. And that's why I hear my grandmama leaning in on this sermon telling me to tell you, let Jesus lead you. Let Jesus lead you all the way. He's a mighty good leader. He's a mighty, my, then my grandmama would say, he'll lead you if you let him. And all brothers and sisters, some of you, some of you need to be praying this prayer on a daily and consistent basis. Your prayer should be, Lord, lead me, guide me along the way. For if you lead me, let my master. I will not stray. Lord, let me walk each day with thee. Lead me, oh Lord, lead me. The Bible says that Caleb was loyal to God and he followed him fully because while the other spies were talking about giants, Caleb was talking about God. While the other were talking about giants, Caleb was talking about God. While the others chose to represent the opposition, uh, Caleb saw an opportunity for God. While the other ones saw the problem, Caleb saw the problem and problem solver and the promise. While the other ones saw a challenge and a circumstance, Caleb recognized the creator of the heavens and the earth. And all brothers and sisters, it's clear to us today that they had a little God and big giants but Caleb had a big God and little giants and old brothers and sisters that's why I need to tell you today that Caleb shows us that if you're going to follow God you've got to have a different perspective about you you've got to have a different mindset about you you can't receive promised land blessings with limited and lacerated promise perspective brothers and sisters when God has your heart that's where I want to land for just a, for, for a minute when God has your heart. You've got a different perspective realizing that the Lord will sometimes lead you to places you don't want to be. Following God is not conventional. Sometimes he'll lead you to a lion's den. Sometimes he'll lead you to a fiery furnace. Sometimes he'll lead you to a red sea. Sometimes he'll lead you to a valley of dry bones. But if God has your heart you will go. Oh brothers and sisters, if, if he leads you to a fiery furnace, you'll say stuff like this old king Nebuchadnezzar we're not careful to answer you because we know he is able even if he don't he, listen when he leads you to, to, to a lion's den you'll walk in the lion's den and say I ain't gonna worry about this because my God is able to shut the mouths of the lion and make him a, a mattress and a pillow listen when God has your heart brothers and sisters you'll go into a valley of shadow of the death but, but your response will be uh, I, I will fear no evil because thou art with me your rod and your staff they 
comfort me. Oh, brothers and sisters, when God has your heart, you'll get mad at everybody at the church and then get mad at those who sit on your pew. And then you'll say, I'm not going back to that church. I'm not going back. I'm not singing the name Jesus no more. But you'll be like Jeremiah and say, you know what? I said I wasn't going to say his name no more. But it's just like fire shut up in my bones. When he's got your heart, church. Matter of fact, trust in the Lord with all your heart. 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 And he will direct your path. Oh, brothers and sisters, when God has your heart, you've got a different perspective on life. Your your testimony is, your, 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 your song that resonates in your heart is, I trust in God. Wherever I might be, upon the land or on the rolling sea, come with me from day to day. My heavenly heart, Father, he watches over me. He's got my heart this morning. Our problem is we, we give God a lip service, but we won't give him life service. Uh, he's, he, he's, he's, he's good for you. Hallelujah on Sunday morning. Uh, but but, but we, we don't find ourselves giving God our all, our, 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 our total being, our total existence. And brothers and sisters, and you wonder why some of our lives are white the way it is. It's because we partially, part-time, uh, give ourselves to God. God wants to be all included in your business, in the Kool-Aid, even if the flavor is red. Caleb was loyal to God. Follow God. Reminds me of, uh, I have a dog. Uh, My dog's name is Buddy. I love Buddy. That's my dog. Uh, Because I have Buddy, I don't have any privacy in my home. None. If I'm in the kitchen, there's Buddy. If I'm in the living room, there's Buddy. If I'm in the bedroom, there's Buddy. If I look out on the balcony, there's Buddy. I don't have any privacy because of Buddy. So, 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 so Buddy follows me. He, he follows me. Uh, I was walking Buddy this week and uh, without a leash and. Uh, and the lady stopped me and she said, how do you walk your dog without a leash? I said, oh, I said, I don't need one. She said, what do you mean? How do you walk your dog without a leash? I said, my voice is the leash. That's another sermon. But, but, but my voice is the leash. If I say come here, it's coming here. Right, and, and so I, 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 and she said, she said, well, how, how do you know he won't run off or, 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 or do this or do that? I said, oh, I said, Buddy's loyal to me. She said, well, how do you know he's loyal to me? I said, that's easy too. <laughs> I said, I feed Buddy. <laughs> I take care of Buddy. I clothe Buddy. You ought to see him in October, around about Halloween. <laughs> oh, Buddy got his own couch so he can stay off mine. Buddy is a charmed, privileged, American bully. He, he, he's, he's charmed. Ain't got a care in the world. I walk in there now, he probably laid out on the couch. Ain't got a care in the world. 
said, so I, 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 I said, matter of fact, not only do I feed Buddy, not only, not, not only do I clothe better, I, but I said, but I walk with Buddy. I talk with Buddy. I tell Buddy that he's my own and the joy that me and Buddy share, none other has ever known. Buddy is loyal to me. And he'll follow me wherever I go. I don't care who's at my house or who's watching him. When I walk through the door, there's a different type of response because dad is home. And I said, and I said, I said, I said this in the early service, but I want to ask you the question. Who's committed to following God like Buddy follows me? God in every area, I'll follow you. Though the tile of life may change, I'll follow you. God, if it's out, if it's out, out of my bounds and I don't know how to make it come all together, I'm going to follow you. Because you, if you brought me to it, I trust that you got whatever that I need to get through it. So God, I'm going to follow you with my whole heart. Somebody needs to ask God for, the, for a buddy anointing. Lord, let me follow you. You couldn't even get away if you tried to run. Because I'd be on your tail. I try to get away from Buddy. Sometimes he just speeds up. If I'm walking, he'll just stroll. But let me try to hide. He's going to sniff me out. That's how we ought to be when it comes to God. I close on this. You must be bold enough to claim God's promise and your victory. The Bible says that Caleb followed God with wholeness of heart. He possessed the boldness to claim God's promise. Caleb tells Joshua, God promised me this mountain. It was 45 years ago. And now that we're in the land of promise, give me this mountain. I'm old now. But give me this mountain. I know it's a mountain and I'll have to climb it, but give me this mountain. I know it's going to require some effort, but give me this mountain. It's going to take some strength, some strength from God, but give me this mountain. Caleb says, I know I'm older now. I was a young man then. I know I'm older now, but God promised me this mountain. Give me this mountain. He shows us. He says, I'm just as strong now as I was then. Caleb shows us that a person who has faith in God is a person who has strength from God. And you're able to claim the promise from God. The Bible says that Joshua heard and consented. And the Bible says Caleb went forth and claimed his inheritance. I'm done now. But all I'm trying to tell you is Caleb's life shows us that if we take a stand for God, if we trust in God, we can claim the promise and victory of God. That's a life that has no regrets because your reward is found in your willingness 
to take responsibility to follow God wholeheartedly. And brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of John 15 and 7. John 15 and 7 says, If you abide in me and my word in you, you shall be able to ask what you will. And it shall be done. Caleb shows us how you can have a guarantee from God. And oh, brothers and sisters, that's what Caleb had. Caleb had a guarantee from God. And he was ready uh, to claim his victory. And my question to you is, what do you think was the, the, the pressing point for Caleb all of these years? What kept Caleb going forward and what kept Caleb going what kept Caleb holding on well I'll tell you what Caleb had Caleb had a promise from God yeah and brothers and sisters I don't know what God has promised you but you need to remember it and go for it because if you don't do it now you'll regret it later and so keep your hope alive well because fear looks at giants but faith looks at God and that's what I'm closing with today that you got the victory and you need to claim it and I'm looking for somebody who does not matter who knows it does not matter what the problem may be God has given you victory and it's time for you to claim it so go on and sing the song of the songwriter victory is mine victory is mine I told Satan get thee behind because victory is mine and oh brothers and sisters I'm gonna remind you of what your name is your name is victory the scripture helps us to know he claimed his victory and oh brothers and sisters but the songwriter said I got evidence I've got confidence I am a conqueror I know that I win I know who I am God wrote it in his plan My name is My name is victory God gave me authority He gave me the authority To conquer my enemies He wrote it my destiny My name is My name is victory He said I already have won I've already won He wrote it in my destiny I've already overcome Because he wrote it in my destiny My name is My name is My name is victory And oh brothers and sisters That's why I close here today To let you know that you've got victory Over your situations You've got victory In your marriages You've got victory In raising your children You've got victory In being faithful to God You've got victory And all it takes church Is you to do it now Because tomorrow is too late And so if you want to see God 
go ahead and give him what you need now so that you won't have a problem later. Pay your tithes now so that you have victory later in your finances. Love your neighbor now so you can have victory in your relationships. Be devoted now so that nobody questions you later. Forgive people now so you can have victory in your fellowship. Serve God now so that you can be happy all the days of your life. Take care of your body now so that you can be healthy later on in victory. Find your passion now so that you can have joy later. Study hard now so that you can have victory in your opportunities. Free yourself from the past now so that you can have victory in your future. Be a disciple now so that we can have victory in the kingdom of God. Start praying now so that you can have clarity and direction from God. And then I want to tell you, give your life to him now so that you'll be able to enter into heaven later. And oh, brothers and sisters, the word is do it now. Do it now. Do it now. Do it now. Get victory. Victory now. Get your promise now. If you live now, you won't have regrets later. And now I'm looking for somebody who needs, who needs to live. Live for God right now. Go ahead. Take off the shackles. Go ahead. Take off whatever's keeping you and live. Live for him right now. Then your testimony will be for God I live, for God I die. Hallelujah. And that's what I'm closing here. They're telling you you need to trust him wholeheartedly. Be the minority. They claim, claim your victory. Now I'm curious now. Ooh, in the house today claims the victory. Who the house today want to claim claim your victory now if you're defeated stay defeated but the rest of us we heard God when he said it we felt God when he did it and we gonna claim claim our victory look at somebody and say neighbor my name is my name is victory Look at another neighbor and say, neighbor, let me introduce myself. My name is Victory. My name is Victory. The joy, Victory. Peace, Victory. Love, Victory. Yes, I'm shouting now. I'm done preaching now. I'm just praising them victory. Is there anybody in the building want to claim it? Want to grab it? Want to live in it? Claim your victory. Claim your victory. Claim your victory. Look at somebody and shout victory. 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 One glad morning when this life is over, we're gonna fly away. We'll sing, we'll shout, and cry victory. I'm waiting on that day. I'm waiting on that day when 
look at somebody and say victory, victory. I said look at somebody and say victory, victory. Go ahead and claim it. Go ahead and claim it. Claim your victory. Celebrate. Now we claimed it. Now we're going to celebrate. Celebrate your victory. Uh, I'm claiming it. Look at somebody and say, I'm claiming it. I'm, I'm not claiming nothing bogus. I'm claiming what the scripture said. I'm claiming victory. Now I just need somebody who truly believes God can give it to you. And raise your hand and say, God, I want victory. So I choose to live for you now. I choose to give you glory now. I choose to give you praise now. I'm going to choose to magnify your name now. Because I'm, over, I'm making space for victory. So many of our people are living so defeated. It's in how you talk. It's in how you walk. It's in how you deal with people. It's in how you think. And, and, and it's almost like you don't realize that there's a chain. You, every time you put, it tells you back. But, but today I'm, I'm, I'm asking you. Follow God wholeheartedly. And God will unleash victory. You don't, you don't have to live a defeated life. He already overcame death, hell, and the grave. Your victory is always in Christ. Many people are regretting right now because they didn't choose to do what they needed to do right now. So, so I, I'm, really, I'm really asking you, Claim your victory. You don't get in contact with your name on it. Don't check, cast your check. <laughs> Caleb could get what God had promised him because he had a different spirit about him. He did that as a young man. And so when the promise came available to him, he said, I remember what God said. Give me this mountain. God said I could have it. Give me this mountain. Because he followed him with all of his heart. I don't know what your mountain is today. But remember it. Remember what God promised you. He said you're going to get the degree. Go get that mountain. If God said that you could have healthy relationships again, claim that victory. Your victory is within you 
because Christ is within you. So, so, follow, so follow wherever he leads you. Road may get rigid. It will sometimes. Pastor was just telling you all how I came to good hope. Road got rigid, but I was following God. There's no doubt in my mind God told me to come to Houston. Right now. Lord made it so to where I learned to trust him and follow him wholly. Yeah. And I don't even think about that anymore. Here I stand two years later and the Lord has just been doing great and wonderful things. Yeah. You're going to have to go through tests. You're going to have to go through trials. But that don't mean that doesn't change what God said. What you see does not change what God said. The spies saw the giants, but God said that they could have that land. And because they doubted God, all of them never got the only two that made it to the promised land was Joshua and Caleb. Everybody else died where they doubted. God said, you can't step in. And, and some of us, we can't get Mount Hebron blessings because we've got Mohill mentality. So I say to you today, claim your victory. But the prerequisite for that is being the minority, trusting God wholeheartedly, following him in obedience. If you're here today, you don't know Jesus. Get to know him, get to know him today. Not saying yes to Jesus has eternal consequences and repercussions. I'm not saying that to scare anybody. I had the same talk with our youth. They, they tell you. Pastor Cam going hammer them over the head about salvation, eternity, because I want them sure. Don't have any regrets in your eternal state. We do know it can happen because the scripture says that there was a man who was in hell. Now he's in his regretful state. He said, go tell all my friends, all my family. They need to accept Jesus. They need to get right. He said, no. He, said, he even asked, Lord, can I come out? Y'all, can, can I go over there and tell my friends? He said, oh, they, got, they got preachers like these, Eco Field. They got Bell. They got Jink. They got Rose. They, they got Como. They they got to make the decision for themselves. They're living with the regret of not doing what God called them to do. That's in the Bible and that's not a parable. It happened. So today, I, 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 our Christian workers are coming. If you're here today and you need to make a decision now that's going to bless you later, man, come on. We're waiting on you, and, and, and we're going to love on you, and we're going to develop you to be the best that you can be in Christ Jesus.
as our choir team or praise team is going to sing for us today. Come on, we're excited for you. say do it now 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 whatever that is do it now do it now claim your victory now I'm so excited to be saved I'm so glad to be saved I, I'm, I'm say I'm glad to be saved I know heaven is my home. This, this world is not my home, y'all. Yo, yo, this world is not our home. We're just pilgrims passing through. And one day we'll get to see our Savior face to face. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's thank God for the ones who have come today. Hallelujah. Amen. We welcome you, our sister and our brother. I want to pray for them. Hold it, hold it. Let's stretch our hands to them. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you and we bless you for the nowness of their decision. Pray, oh God, that you would keep your hand upon them. Help us to be a family that will love and cherish and develop and grow them as they walk with you. Father, thank you for allowing them to come into the house of worship and receive this saving faith that you've given all of us. It's in the mighty name of Jesus the Christ we rejoice and say amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God praise. 
God bless you, God keep you, is my prayer.